initialize sequence now. Coming to you live from Houston, Texas, home to the world's largest medical center. Uh, approach phase, everything looking good. Is your health first the most beneficial health program on radio with Dr. Joe Galati? During the next hour, you'll learn about health, wellness, and the prevention of disease. Now, here's your host, Dr. Joe Galati. Well, a good Sunday evening to everybody. Dr. Joe Galati, we're here every Sunday evening for the hour between 7 and 8 p.m. Central Time, broadcasting from our world headquarters here in Houston, Texas from 740 KTRH. But we are heard literally around the world on the iHeartRadio app. So there should never be an excuse why you can't tune into the radio program Your Hell First whether you're at home in the Texas area or anywhere else in the country. No excuses to raise your health IQ, which is what we talk about every week on the program. So thanks very much for tuning in tonight. Hope you had a great weekend in the greater Houston area. Very lovely weather, a little overcast today on Sunday. But yesterday was just absolutely gorgeous. I went for a 5K walk not a 5K run, and spent a lot of time outside, and it really was a marvelous weekend. And I hope you all had a great weekend, too. And do your best. If you're a Monday through Friday type worker, or that's what your schedule is, certainly you want to find time Monday through Friday to invest in yourself, invest in your family, whether it is resting, whether it is exercising, eating well, planning meals, but certainly on the days that you have off, you want to focus inwardly on yourself and on your family and the ones that you love. And that's that should be the goal because you don't want to squander this time. And by the time you get back to work, you say, oh, it was a crazy weekend. I didn't get to do anything positive. But you have to plan these things out. Now, to Follow us along and be part of the program. Our website, drjoegalati.com, drjoegalati.com. How do you spell that? D-R-J-O-E-G-A-L-A-T-I. Once you get there, sign up for our newsletter. All of our social media links and channels are there. We want you to sign up for our newsletter and all of our social media Uh, presence is there. So make sure you're able to stay part of the communication. And of course, if you have any liver or digestive issues, you can link back to our practice, which is Liver Specialists of Texas. And we take care of people with all facets of liver disease, chronic liver disease, cirrhosis, alcohol-related liver disease, cancer. It is all there at Liver Specialists of Texas. So what I am going to talk about in a few minutes are five items that you need to be aware of. And I I would probably say print these out. We're going to post it on Facebook. Print these items out, stick it on your refrigerator, stick it on your bathroom mirror, and make sure that you look at these every day and say, am I really addressing 
optimal health number three. And challenge yourself to make sure you do that because my firm belief is that good health and and wellness is not an accident. You have to practice it every day. You have to stay in tune with your body and continue to fine-tune things. We're never all going to get it right the very first time. We have to reinvent ourselves, try new things, try new strategies, listen to others so that we can really optimize our health. And I've come up with five very basic things, things you've probably heard before, but I'll elaborate them uh, as we move along. And the other, the other thing this week, I am going to replay part of last week's program. We had Dr. Joseph Rogers on, a world-renowned cardiologist. He's the president and CEO of the Texas Heart Institute. What Dr. Rogers said last week is worthwhile to repeat. So we're going to replay part of last week so that everybody can hear Dr. Rogers again and really have his message of heart health sink in with uh, with all of you. The, the, one, the one story I want to comment on here is a, a story that I saw earlier today talking about how the pandemic and the, the ills of the pandemic are not going away. And what this talks about is 10,000 U.S. Army soldiers have been pushed into obesity as a result of the pandemic. And the entire country has gotten overweight. So you would probably say, well, what is, what's special about the military? Well, my thinking is that the, the military, in a very organized fashion, should not have slipped out of control and become obese. In many times, when you're in the military, you're exercising, you're active, you're doing physical work, and they are controlling, in many cases, the food that you're consuming. But somehow, that has all derailed. And the, the numbers are pretty staggering, where overweight and obese troops are, and we've known this, and this is for civilians as well, are more likely to get injured and, injured and less likely to endure the physical demands of their profession. The military loses more than 650,000 work days each year because of extra weight and obesity-related health costs, which, listen to this, is $1.5 billion annually to care for the obese military. So that is really, really very shocking numbers. And when you look back out of a cohort of nearly 200,000 soldiers, the researchers found that nearly 27% who were healthy before the pandemic became overweight. 27% healthy became overweight during the pandemic. Nearly 16% of those who were previously overweight became obese. So before the pandemic, about 18% of soldiers were obese, if you took everybody. By 2021, it grew to 23%. So we have to certainly pay attention to our military because if we have young men and women that are overweight, that can't train, that can't run, they can't climb, they can't crawl, 
They're having other health issues. They have diabetes. They have hypertension. They have bad bones, bad hips. We don't have a very good fighting mechanism to keep us safe. So again, the need to control weight, the need to control diet is of utmost priority. And again, the the book I wrote a, a, a few years ago, Eating Yourself Sick, really nails it on the head. So what we're going to do now, we're going to take a quick break. When we come back, the five things you need to be aware of for optimal health. Again, I'll be honest, these are things you've heard before. I'm just going to explain the sheer need for all of you to have these. And a little later, Dr. Joe Rogers is making a repeat cameo appearance on Your Health First. Stand by. We'll be right back. Welcome back, everybody. Welcome to Your Health First. Every Sunday between 7 and 8 p.m., we are working to make you better consumers of healthcare, raising your health IQ, keeping you healthy, making sure you have a great understanding of what your body is able to do and how to keep it safe and how to keep it healthy. Our website, drjoegalati.com, drjoegalati.com, and you sign up for our newsletter, all of our social media, our practice website, Liver Specialists of Texas, is posted there. Send me a message. Our past radio programs and podcasts are there, our blog, everything is there at drjoegalati.com. Be part of the program. We need participation. And of course, the one thing we want everybody to do is sign up for our newsletter. That is the way we're able to have a two-way dialogue with all of our listeners around the country. Coming up in just a few minutes, Dr. Joseph Rogers, we're replaying the segment from last week where he talks about heart disease. It's a very eloquent, very easy to understand commentary and a number of people reached out to me during the week and I felt, you know what, let me just replay that. It was that good that we can share it. So, all right. So what I have in front of me here are the five recommendations for optimal health. Now, now what do I mean by optimal health? Well, it would be a situation where you are not battling chronic disease. It is a situation where your sense of wellness is not on the decline. You could honestly say you feel healthy, you're able to do 95% of all the things you want to do. Now, granted, there are wear and tear things that happen to us. We get bad knees, we get bad shoulders, we get arthritis, bad vision, bad hearing, things like that. But when we look at a person and they have a decline in health, The vast majority, 75-80%, are related to lifestyle decisions we make, be it good or be it bad. And so on the five things for optimal health, number one is going to be achieve weight control. Now, there's many ways to look at your own weight, and you have to know 
what your weight is. You need to know what your body mass index is. Now, a lot of people will argue body mass index is not the best measurement of normal weight, overweight, or obesity. But I would say it's easily calculated. It is a starting point. If you yourself have questions about is your BMI appropriate, are you mostly overweight, is your BMI excessive, and you feel that it should be lower, have a conversation with your physician. Have a conversation with a registered dietitian, a nutritionist, a bona fide nutritionist, somebody that is truly trained in this area. So achieving weight control, you have to realize that the current environment of of food, eating out, the portion sizes, the content of the food, it is refined, it is processed, it is not including the fiber and phytonutrients that we need in our meals. So you have to keep in mind, what is your weight? And you have to have an honest discussion with yourself to step on the scale, calculate your BMI as a starting point and say, I am normal, normal weight, overweight or obese and take action to get your weight under control. Because with continued out of control weight, be it overweight or obese, you are not going to have optimal health. Number two, don't smoke. Or if you do smoke, cut down on smoking and try to get off the cigarettes or cigars or whatever tobacco product you are having. The impact of smoking leads to oral and gastrointestinal cancers, head and neck cancer, mouth cancer, esophageal cancer, etc. Lung disease, be it COPD, chronic chronic obstructive pulmonary disease, emphysema, or lung cancer. It accelerates atherosclerosis, hardening of the arteries, heart disease, high blood pressure, which puts you at risk for stroke, puts you at risk for heart attack, puts you at risk for kidney disease, amongst other things. And so, again, if you're seeking optimal health, if you are smoking, it is going to be that much more difficult. Number three of five recommendations for optimal health, regular exercise. Now, most of us have a smartphone. Most of us or many of us have a Fitbit or some other wearable device, and it keeps track of your steps. It keeps track of your heart rate, how long you're standing, how long you're sitting, how, how much time are you moving around. Regular exercise, and it does not have to be on a treadmill running at a breakneck speed. It could be a nice, brisk walk in the neighborhood, but it has to be brisk. It can't be la-di-da like you're walking a miniature uh, schnauzer on a leash stopping at every fire hydrant. You want some form of regular exercise, aerobic, and some exercise that's going to give you some resistance training. Okay, regular exercise, most authorities would say five days a week, at least for 30 minutes. You have to invest the time. Again, if you 
are coming home from work and just sitting down, if you already have a sedentary job and for eight hours you're doing nothing but walking to the water cooler or the copy machine and then to the vending machine on the third floor, you're not going to be getting enough exercise. You have to commit. You can say on the Monday through Friday, I was talking earlier about Monday through Friday, Monday through Friday, you know that when you get home, you're going to walk for 30 minutes. Saturday and Sunday, it might be a longer hike. It might be going for a swim. It might be going for a bike ride. It might be going to the gym. It might be doing a lot of yard work, but you have to exercise. Number four for optimal health is knowing your numbers. Knowing your numbers. And I we've talked about this before. So you need to know what your blood pressure is. You need to know what your pulse is. Because if you have high blood pressure and an abnormal pulse, that may indicate a problem. You need to know your cholesterol. You need to know your liver chemistries. What is your blood sugar? These are all numbers barometers of how you're doing. Of course, your weight and the number of hours sleep that you're getting and these numbers. But this is more, and I've talked about this before, I think it's a great notion of having a personal dashboard. When you start your car up, there's a bunch of dials and lights and and gauges that you look at to say, okay, uh, lights on, brake is on, I have enough oil, it's not overheating. And we're monitoring all these things because you have to know how much gas is in your car. You don't just drive and then run out of gas in the middle of the highway. You're looking at the numbers. You know how much gas you have in the car and you plan accordingly. Same thing. The more we know about our numbers, the more we know about how our human body machine is working, the better off we're going to be. Now, you could just start off by saying, okay, this week, Monday, tomorrow, I am going to get my cholesterol checked and I am going to track that. Or I'm going to take my blood pressure in the morning and know that number. Am I on target? Is it too high or is it too low? The fifth thing as we wrap up here is something, again, if you're a regular listener of Your Health First, you've listened to me, you follow me online or I'm uh, I'm your doctor, you've seen me speak, avoid processed foods and learn how to prepare healthful meals at home. Foods that are from fresh fruit, fresh vegetables, fresh lean meat or fish, avoiding eating out, avoiding processed foods, things that you microwave, things that are frozen, things out of a can, box, or bag. Avoiding those processed foods, drive-through type foods, are not, they are not going to be associated with optimal health. That's what we're looking for. We're not just looking for a sheer existence. Sheer existence is not what we're looking for. We're looking for optimal health, which means good health and the avoidance of chronic disease. And the chronic disease is heart disease, kidney disease, diabetes, liver disease, cirrhosis, lung disease, mental health disorders. All right? So that is it. Those are the five things. Achieve weight control. Two is don't smoke. Three is regular exercise. Number four is know your numbers. And number five, avoid processed foods. I'm Dr. Joe Galati. Stay tuned. We will be right back. 
Thank you very much for tuning in. Our website, drjoegalati.com. Sign up for our newsletter. All of our social media is there. And I want to get right to our guest in the studio, no stranger to your health first. And we've been on for 21 years. Dr. Joe Rogers has been on as a guest all those years. He is currently the president and CEO of the famous Texas Heart Institute here in the Texas Medical Center. And we can never have enough heart discussion. Joe, welcome to the program tonight. Let's see. How about hit your button that says, how about that? How about now? Hey, I'll tell you. All kinds of buttons are not working tonight. But anyway, Joe, welcome to the program. And certainly cardiac disease, cardiac health is what you have committed your whole life to. But what would you say at 30,000 feet is the general state of wellness with the patients you see and heart disease and all of the downstream complications. Yeah, Joe, you know, I think that that heart disease, as you know, is still the number one killer Mm -hmm. uh, of people, not just in the United States, but worldwide. Right. Worldwide, some of the infectious diseases get close. Mm -hmm. But but so much of this remains preventable. And oftentimes, as you know, in our offices, what we're seeing are people coming in who have let risk factors go for years and decades. And they're coming in with with heart disease in my office, liver disease right. in your office. And so much of that's preventable just by managing those risk factors early on. Yeah. We have a little thing going on in our office with, with our team where a new patient will come in and we will, you know, the first question we ask, how long have they known that their liver is not right? Whatever shape or form. And... It is now 10 years. It is now 20 years. We had a lady last week, 30 years. And so I go in to see the person and I say, nice to meet you. How are you? Thanks for coming. Let me ask you something. You have really known for 30 years. And and literally, they will go through and they'll say, well, my granddaughter is 29 and it was right before she was, yeah, 29, 30 years. Yeah, without doubt. So Joe, what what are the patients getting wrong in this? Where is the disconnect that people come to you with heart disease late, not really too excited about it to, to step up and get that care? Yeah, so the challenge is... And this <clears throat> is a challenge. ...that the risk factors are silent. Right. Right? So, so many of them. So people can go with high blood pressure and not feel it, high cholesterol and not feel it. Obviously, if they have a family predisposition mm-hmm. to heart disease, <clears throat> you don't feel that. And so what happens is that either it's not treated or it's poorly treated, like you said, for years or decades. Right. And by the time they're in my office, oftentimes they have some of the overt signs or symptoms of having heart disease. Yeah. What would you say in your practice or the experience of cardiology in general is the number one thing that is neglected. Somebody knows something. They may have been told five, 10 years ago, you have a touch of this, or there's something, Bob, we really need to watch that within your heart cardiovascular system. What do you think that is that just gets overlooked? 
So uh, I'll refocus this just okay. for one yeah, second, sure. Joe. Smoking. Smoking. And, you know, I mean, I don't know how much more data we possibly <laughs> can have to, to point out the risk that smoking causes in our bodies. Right. Cancer, heart disease, just kind of go down, you know, lung disease. So, so it's not, um, it's not subtle. It's not new information. Right. That 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 smoking is an incredible risk for cardiovascular disease. Yeah. But but you and I have had a lot of great conversations about this complex of conditions that you and I like to talk about. It's metabolic syndrome. Yes. And it affects the liver. It affects the heart. But it's this conglomeration of high blood pressure, high cholesterol, trunkal obesity, and diabetes. And that predisposes to significantly to heart disease. And there's very concerning data to suggest that the prevalence of that condition is going to rise over the next 40 years. Do, Do you think that the average person has a sense of, you know, the numbers here, 800,000 heart attacks, 20 million adults with coronary artery disease. That's a huge number. One death every 34 seconds from heart disease. Are people getting that? Does does that number shock people to the point that, oh, I better get, I better get on this? It, uh, it, it, It shocks some people into thinking about it early on. But so many of us, tend to ignore it, put it aside, not think about the the long-term consequences, especially of those risk factors. Right. All right, well, look, I'm Dr. Joe Galati. Stay tuned. I'm with Dr. Joe Rogers from Texas Heart Institute. I'll be right back. Sunday between 7 and 8 p.m. We are here, and our sole mission is to raise your health IQ one listener at a time every Sunday evening. Don't forget, drjoegalati.com is a website. Check out what we do the other six days of the week. So in the studio tonight is Dr. Joe Rogers with Texas Heart Institute. And we've been talking about heart disease and metabolic syndrome. And Joe, what I want to get to now is Jimi Hendrix is rolling there. Okay. Um, High blood pressure, hypertension. Lots of people have it. Would you say that is a leading risk factor for heart disease? It is, Joe. Unquestionably, um, hypertension can cause a number of, of conditions in the cardiovascular system. It, it predisposes people to getting hardening of the arteries or uh-huh. atherosclerosis or blockages, right. all the same names for the same process. Right. The other things, though, is that it increases patients' risk for having strokes. Mm-hmm. It increases patients' risks for having kidney insufficiency or kidney failure. Um, it's been linked to blindness. It can also cause 
thickening of the heart muscles so that the heart doesn't relax normally and it mm -hmm. can cause heart failure. Nothing's good out of that. Nothing good. No, nothing is good. Now, when you see patients and they come and they have hypertension, again, same thing. Does a red light go off in their head to say, I have to change the way I eat. I have to exercise more. I have to stop smoking. Lifestyle changes. Or is it, uh, Dr. Rogers, Give what pill do I need? Just let's, I want a pill. Yeah, Joe, I think it's a combination of both. <clears throat> I mean, I think some people actually have a pretty clear understanding that they want to get a handle on it and, and take a very proactive, preventative approach to their health. Uh -huh. Others take a more lackadaisical approach, honestly. Yeah. And I think for most people, the first step in this is dietary change. Mm -hmm. And it's really reducing the amount of sodium in one's diet. Right. If that fails, and it oftentimes does, and it's difficult to follow that kind of a diet, then I think starting with a medicine is the right approach. Yeah. Obesity, we've talked about this a lot. Our practice in liver disease is overwhelmed by fatty liver related to obesity. And there is this shared space between cardiac disease and fatty liver and, and, and cirrhosis. How do you approach obesity? What's your, what's your conversation with a patient that is 20, 30 pounds overweight? Yeah. So this is, you know, until recently, we've relied heavily on prescribing diets. Right. And diets are difficult to follow. Mm -hmm. um, there are some diets that have been shown in clinical trials to be effective. Probably the most effective health, cardiovascular healthy diet in the long run is the Mediterranean diet. Right. But to lose weight, uh, oftentimes a ketogenic kind of diet like Atkins, uh, like keto, uh, right. is very good in the short term to get some weight off. I don't know that those diets are particularly healthy in the long run. And a recent study at the American Heart Association meeting suggested that actually has an adverse effect on serum lipids. So I'm not sure that you want to stay on that diet for a long period of right, time. Right, right. You may <clears throat> fix one, but you can offset and have a cholesterol or triglyceride problem. Speaking of cholesterol, there are a lot of discussion out there in the lay press. There are commercials on TV about your cholesterol. What's, what is your message to everybody tonight on cholesterol? If I had to <clears throat> give you one message, Joe, it would be know your number. Yes. What's your cholesterol? Because you, without that piece of information, you're flying blind on right. an important risk factor for cardiovascular disease. Easy enough to test, done with a blood test. There's actually some laboratories that will do it with a finger stick methodology. But it's important to know what your cholesterol is and then be able to have that conversation with either your primary care physician or your cardiologist about whether or not it's in a range that should be treated. Right. Now, it, I, I would think that you get somebody and their cholesterol is a little high. Based on their profile, other diseases or family history, you may say uh, 90 days, 120 days of weight loss, exercise, cut out the Big Macs, and then come back and see, or is it medicine right away to get it down? I think it depends upon how high the cholesterol is. If it's very high, I would say unlikely to come down with dietary change and probably a medicine is a, is a good start for that person. But I think 
you know, it, it's a little bit more complicated than this mm-hmm. because there are some patients, especially young patients, that might have a cholesterol that's a little bit elevated, but they have no other risk factors. And so their risks of having a cardiovascular event are low. So it's really interpreting cholesterol in the context of age, gender, blood pressure, whether or not they're diabetes, diabetic, whether they smoke. And so it's really integrating all of that information. And there's a nice website on the American Heart Association page. Um, it's the AHA risk calculator where you okay. can go in and plug all of that information in and look at what your risks are of having a cardiovascular event in the next decade. Yeah, very good. Now, the the other part is the medicines, the statins for this. There is a built-in fear with the public that they will come and say, oh, I am, I'm not getting on that statin. That stuff is poison. And I would say, well, yes, of course, I wish you didn't have to be on a, a medication, but everything is pointing that you do need to be on it. And especially with the liver, patients that I see that have fatty liver, they're obese, they're pre-diabetic or diabetic, they have high cholesterol, but yet their doctor stopped their statin because of the liver. And I'm saying, uh, go back on it and double it. And I'm being a little facetious, but you know, you have to really be therapeutic in treating it. So what's, again, what do you say to everybody that has this fear that their prescription is sitting in their kitchen drawer, not filled? I don't think it's a class of drugs to be afraid of. Right. Um, You and I both understand that every medicine has the potential to have a side effect. Right. And probably the most common side effects, at least with some of the statins, are muscle discomfort. That's not even a reason that you have to stop the drug. Right. So I think it's to be nervous about starting a statin, I think, is premature. Right. And I think the benefits in the clinical trials outweigh the risks of having side effects with all of those drugs. Yeah. No, I would, I would, I would agree with that. Now, you know, it's, it's interesting. You had said, know your number, know your cholesterol. Well, there are those of us in liver disease that say, know your number, your ALT, which is a liver enzyme. I have had uh, individuals on the program before know your number, your testosterone. Uh, they want to know your BMI, know your blood sugar. This all points to better understanding of really your own personal dashboard. You know, what's your cholesterol? What's your blood pressure? What's your weight? All these numbers that we're, you'd like to think that everybody is looking for their own dashboard. What, what, do, you, what do you think? And, and really, what are you doing at Texas Heart Institute to, besides the research and the clinical care, that outreach? Yeah, Joe, I mean, I think, we're getting to this point of personalizing medicine and right. we're empowering patients with knowledge so that they can make good decisions about their health. And I think this is where the, our field needs to go. No longer is this a paternalistic specialty where we tell people exactly what to do. There's shared decision-making mm-hmm. in every, with every drug, with every procedure. The patients need to be empowered with enough information to make the right decisions. And so we we focus uh, heavily in our practice on ensuring that we're giving people that kind of knowledge. We're empowering them with knowledge so that they can make intelligent decisions about their health. Absolutely. That's what you need to do. Well, Joe, thank you for coming in. Plus the extra 12 and a half minutes. 
Joe, thanks very much for having me. All right. I will post information on how to get touch how to get in touch with Dr. Rogers and his team at Texas Heart Institute. Well, that is it for tonight. Thanks again to Dr. Joe Rogers from Texas Heart for coming in tonight. I'm Dr. Joe Galati. Every Sunday, we will be back next Sunday. Take care of yourselves and really think about if you've got heart disease, liver disease, diabetes, make sure you get it taken care of. Take care. We'll see you next week.